Hello, and welcome to Sharing Our Journey, a podcast from Harrodsburg Baptist Church, where we're all about sharing our journey toward Jesus. Before we hear from Dr. Paul Gibson, we'd like to invite you to take that journey with us. To find out more, follow us on social media at HBC Harrodsburg or visit harrodsburgbaptist.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you very soon. At Harrodsburg Baptist Church, we are thankful for the privilege of being able to celebrate uh, such an exciting time as we celebrate with our 2021 high school and college graduates and their families. We recognize this is uh, a great accomplishment for all of these individuals, uh, and we also recognize at the same time that God has been instrumental in leading these young people to this point in their lives and has uh, so many great things waiting for them uh, beyond this, and, and we want to celebrate that with them now. Our 2021 graduates are uh, J.C. Catlett, graduating from Mercer County Senior High School, she will be attending the University of Kentucky, where J.C. will be a member of the cheerleading team and major in biology, and she plans to pursue a career in radiation therapy. Abby Dean is also a graduate of Mercer County Senior High School. She plans to attend Transylvania University in the fall to pursue a bachelor's degree in business while playing soccer. Rebecca Trent is graduating from Mercer County Senior High School, and she plans to attend Trine University in Angola, Indiana, and will pursue an undergraduate degree in exercise science with minors in psychology and athletic training. She has also already been accepted into their graduate program for physical therapy. Alex Grubbs is graduating from Mercer County Senior High School, and he plans to attend a trade school and enter the constru construction industry. David Van Hook is also graduating from Mercer County Senior High School, and he will enlist in the United States Army after graduation. Our college graduates this year uh, include Emily Bottoms, who earned her master's degree in public health from Liberty University, Emma Buchanan, who earned a bachelor's degree in marketing and management from the University of Kentucky, Garrett Dean, who earned a bachelor's degree in business administration with an emphasis in marketing from Transylvania University, where he was a four-year member of the men's soccer team and the MVP of the Heartland Collegiate Athletic Conference in 2017. Avery Thompson earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology and criminology from the University of Kentucky, and Gage Young earned a bachelor's degree in pastoral ministry from Campbellsville University. Again, as a church body, we want to celebrate with the graduates and their families on this great accomplishment uh, in their lives. And if you would now, please join me as we pray for our graduates. Father, we thank you for all that you do for us and for who you are. And Father, at this time of year especially, we, we recognize that many around us are, are graduating high school and college and moving on different chapters in their life. And we thank you for their achievements. 
We thank you for the role that you play in each of their lives and their development. Father, we thank you for each of the families who are represented by uh, the students uh, that we have listed today. Father, we ask that you would just continue to be with uh, these graduates as they enter the next stage in life. For our college graduates, Father, they are going on to the workplace and going on to begin their careers uh, that they have trained for, uh, that they have studied for. Father, we, we know that they uh, will need your guidance as they enter the workforce and they enter these careers. Father, just be with them and, and help guide them as, as many of them uh, begin to start households of their own. Father, for our high school graduates, we, we ask that you would uh, help them look towards the next challenge, whether that be a university or whether it be a trade school or even, Father, one entering the military. Just ask that they would welcome the new challenges in their life, that they would uh, draw ever closer to you as they seek to become more and more of the man and woman that you desire for them to be. Father, we ask that they would place you first in all things, and that uh, through trusting in you, they would realize the full potential that you have set aside for each one of them. Father, thank you for the families who are represented and ask that you would continue to bless them as they uh, celebrate and encourage and watch their uh, young person now grow into full adulthood and, and become uh, a new member of uh, our society and, and contributor in, in the workforce. All these things, Father, we thank you for and praise you for. Amen. Who or what do you worship? Who or what do you worship? This past Sunday at Harrodsburg Baptist Church, we honored both uh, the 2021 graduating high school seniors and we honored the 2021 graduating uh, college seniors or graduating grad students. Uh, it, it was unique and it was neat to see because uh, we had at least 10 uh, graduates uh, recognized at church on Sunday, whether they be high school or whether they be college or whether they be grad school. And it got me thinking about um, if I could go back to 98 and talk to the me that had graduated from high school or go back to 02 and talk to the me that had just graduated from college. What would I say to the younger me? What kind of advice would I give to the younger me as I prepare to uh, go through life? I think one of the things that uh, I would ask my younger self is the question that I asked you at the beginning of this sermon time. Who or what do you worship? And the reason that that question is so important is because I think Scripture teaches us that we end up captive to whomever or whatever we worship. It's important to ask the question, who or what do we worship? Because we end up captive to whomever or whatever we worship. You know, if you've been following with us at HPC, you know we're walking through the story. And leading up to uh, this sermon, we were supposed to read the beginning of the end, which is chapter 16 of the story. And I want to read to you parts of chapter 16, which is uh, the book of 2 Kings. If you want to turn over to page 219 on the, uh, in the story, I encourage you to do so. If you have a regular copy of Scripture, I encourage you to turn over to 2 Kings 17, verse 3. As we answer this question, who or what do you worship? And the reason that question is important is because we end up captive to whomever or whatever we worship. And we're going to see today that the northern kingdom of Israel ended up captive 
to uh, the king of Assyria and to the nation of Assyria because they worshipped that king. 2 Kings 17.3 Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came up to attack Hoshea, who was king of the northern kingdom of Israel, who had been Shalmaneser's vassal and paid him tribute. Now let me pause. Why was Hoshea the northern uh, king of the kingdom of Israel? Why was uh, he Shalmaneser's vassal? Why did he pay him tribute? For protection. See, we see immediately in the story of Hoshea that instead of trusting God Most High, instead of trusting Yahweh, Hoshea was trusting a foreign king, which meant that he was making an idol out of that foreign king. Verse 4 says, But the king of Assyria discovered that Hoshea was a traitor, for he had sent envoys to sow king of Egypt, and he no longer paid tribute to the king of Assyria as he had done year by year. Therefore, Shalmaneser seized him and put him in prison. Well, it gets worse. Jump down to verse 6. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria and deported the Israelites to Assyria. He settled them in Halah and Gozan on the Habor River and in the towns of the Medes. So Hoshea, the king of the northern kingdom of Israel, had put his trust in Shalmaneser to protect the northern kingdom. And then Scripture te- says that he turned on uh, Shalmaneser and Assyria and he uh, tried to pay tribute or he paid tribute uh, to, to Egypt so that Egypt would protect him. Well, the problem here is that Hoshea was turning to everyone but the Lord to protect him. He was trusting every kingdom but God, the, the kingdom of God, to protect him. And because of that, Assyria was upset, Shalmaneser was upset, and invaded uh, Assyria, and, and carry the people of Assyria, or, yeah, I'm sorry, invaded the northern kingdom and carried the people away. And scripture says that uh, Shalmaneser settled the Jews in the northern kingdom in Halah and Gozan on the, ha- on the Habor River and in the towns of the Medes. And, and the reason that's so important to point out is that. Uh, at this point, Shalmaneser is participating or is, or is employing or using psychological warfare. You see, the Israelites, those in the northern kingdom, were deported to all over the Middle East to, to break their collective wills. In other words, by not keeping the Israelites together, they couldn't plan to, uh, uh, to form a revolution or to overthrow Shalmaneser and, and to attack the Assyrians. That is why Shalmaneser spread the Jews, spread the Israelites throughout the Middle East. And not only did he spread the Israelites throughout the Middle East, he then brought people of different populations in to the northern kingdom. So then instead of the northern kingdom being a purely Jewish kingdom or a purely Israelite kingdom, it became a kingdom that was mixed. This strategy, this psychological warfare is known as population shifting. And side note here, if you were to go look in the book of John when Jesus encountered the woman at the well. The woman at the well was a Samaritan woman. And and if you go and read to that story, you would see that the Samaritan woman said to Jesus that you're a Jew, you're not supposed to associate with me. And that was because Jews saw those in Samaria, I'm sorry, in in Samaria as half-breeds because of what happened so many years earlier. When Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, did population shifting after capturing 
the northern kingdom. The story gets worse because in verse 8 of chapter 17, Scripture says they worshipped other gods. Here's the truth about the northern kingdom. Instead of worshipping Yahweh, a God that Scripture says is gracious and compassionate, who is slow to anger, who works to draw His people to Him, the people of the northern kingdom worshipped a petty king who resorted to the use of propaganda in order to influence and intimidate eventually the southern kingdom. So instead of putting their faith and trust in Yahweh, the people of the northern kingdom put their faith and trust in a foreign king and in those foreign gods. And what was the result? The children of Israel were taken captive by that king, by the king they worshipped. And here's the truth. You or I, we will be taken captive by whatever it is we worship. The children of Israel in the northern kingdom worshipped the king of Assyria. They worshipped Shalmanizar. They worshipped other gods. And they were carried away by that king. So please know that you or I, we will be taken captive by whatever it is we worship. Or by whomever it is we worship. Let me give you a cheesy yet real life example. The NBA playoffs are taking place right now. I'm a big Boston Celtics fan. So I'm going to watch the Celtics throughout the playoffs. If I'm not careful, if they lose, I will stew on it the next day. I won't be able to shake my frustration or my disappointment in the fact that the Celtics lost. And if I'm not really careful, it can consume my day. Thinking about the Celtics losing can hold me captive. And again, I know it's a cheesy example, but it happens. And the reason I'm sharing this real-life example with you is when I find myself the next day overwhelmed and consumed by the fact that the Celtics lost, I realize that I'm being held captive because instead of having an appropriate level of fandom for the Celtics, I'm borderline worshiping the Celtics. I hope that makes sense. So we've got to be careful because we're going to be taken captive by whatever it is we worship. Well, another thing I encourage you to know is that we worship whoever or whatever it is we trust and adore. We worship uh, whomever or whatever it is we worship and adore. Let's keep reading in the story. Page 221 or 2 Kings 18, 19. We're going to be introduced to uh, the king of the southern kingdom, Hezekiah, here. And, and just to kind of catch you up on where we are, uh, Shalmanezar, after conquering the northern kingdom, tries to intimidate the people of the southern kingdom. And this is what happens in 2 Kings 18, 19. Scripture says, The field commander said to them, Tell Hezekiah, This is what the great king, the king of Assyria, says. On what are you basing this confidence of yours? You say you have the counsel and the might for war, but you speak only empty words. On whom are you depending that you rebel against me? Just as the king of Assyria had used psychological warfare by using population shifting to relocate those in the northern kingdom. The king of Assyria was trying to use propaganda to influence the southern kingdom to trust him instead of Yahweh. 
You see, and Hoshea had failed that test. He ended up ultimately worshiping, and the people ultimately ended up worshiping and trusting Assyria over Yahweh. So here's Hezekiah, king of the southern kingdom, in this place of tension. His people are in this place of tension. This great king of Assyria is preparing to march and try to overthrow the southern kingdom. So what would the southern kingdom ultimately choose to trust? Or whom would the southern kingdom ultimately choose to trust? I want to read to you a passage of scripture from Matthew 6. These are the words of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Please hear the words that I'm about to say. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Hoshea's treasure was his kingdom. And because Hoshea's treasure was his kingdom, he sold out to idols in order to protect his kingdom. But Hezekiah's treasure was not his kingdom. Hezekiah's treasure was his Lord. Again, we worship whomever or whatever it is we trust and adore. Hoshea trusted in um, Shalmanizar because Hoshea ultimately trusted in his kingdom. His treasure was his kingdom. Hezekiah's treasure was in his Lord. And as we're going to see, Hezekiah ultimately trusts the Lord. So if you want to identify uh, whom or what you're trusting, ask yourself, where do I spend my time and focus? We're going to see that Hezekiah runs to the Lord. Hoshea didn't run to the Lord. Hoshea didn't spend time with the Lord, but Hezekiah did. Hezekiah's treasure was his Lord, therefore he spent time with God. And as we walk through this life, if you want to know where your treasure is, ask where you spend your time and focus. If you want to know uh, whom or what you're worshiping, again, look at what you do with your time and your focus. I used the cheesy example of the Boston Celtics. If the very next day after they lose, if there's a lot of time and focus spent worrying about their loss, then there's a good chance that I'm making uh, my treasure be the Boston Celtics and I'm making an idol of the Celtics. Again, cheesy example, but that happens in real life. We end up spending an unhealthy amount of time and focus on things that aren't going to bring us true hope that aren't going to provide us true love, that aren't going to give us true life. And I encourage you, if you're listening right now, to know that when Jesus said in the New Testament that He is the way, the truth, and the life, that there is this supernatural power that takes place when we make Jesus our treasure, when we put our trust in Jesus, when we worship Jesus. And I pray today that He is your treasure, that you're trusting Him and that you're worshiping Him. Whom or what are you worshiping? Where is your treasure? Do you worship and trust what you see here on earth like Hoshea did? Or do you ultimately worship and trust the God who created earth? Let me read to you 2 Kings 19.14, page 222 of the story. 
Scripture says, Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to the words of Sennacherim that he has sent to ridicule the living God. Hoshea ran to uh, Shalmaneser, the king of Assyria, and he ran to So, the king of Egypt. Who does Hezekiah run to? He ran to the Lord. And he's running to the Lord in a moment when the uh, psychological warfare propaganda is growing more and more intense. Sennacherib, the messenger of Assyria, the messenger of Shalmaneser, is telling not just Hezekiah, but his people, we're about to invade. Who is going to rescue you? Who is going to save you? And Hezekiah turns to the Lord. And in verse 17, Hezekiah prays this prayer. It is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste these nations and their lands. They have thrown their goods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not goods, but only wood and stone, fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand, so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, Lord, are God. In this moment of crisis, Hezekiah did not cry out to an earthly king. He did not cry out to an idol as the nation of Israel did. But instead, Hezekiah cried out to the one true God because he worshiped God and he trusted God. You see, here's the truth about life. If you worship a false God, you will receive false hope. But if you worship the true God, you will have true hope. So whom or what are you worshiping? If you find yourself in a moment of crisis and you're worshiping a false god, you will have false hope. But if you find yourself in a moment of crisis and you're worshiping the true God, the one true God, Yahweh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you will have true hope. So whom or what are you worshiping? Whom or what are you worshiping? You see, I would go back to my younger self and I would say, Paul, make sure that you are worshiping God. Make sure that you're placing no other idols before Him. Make sure that you're placing no other gods before Him. Worship Him. Because in the process of worshiping Him, you are going to have true hope. Life's going to be hard. There will be twists and turns. There will be punches in the gut. Things you do not expect that will take the breath out of you. And in those moments, don't trust ultimately another person. Don't trust an idol. Don't worship a person above God. Don't worship an idol. But ultimately trust and worship God. I feel the Lord right now leading me to verse 19. When Hezekiah was praying, he prayed, Now, Lord our God, deliver us from his hand. You see, in that moment of crisis, Hezekiah was trusting and worshiping Lord, the Lord. And if you're in a moment of crisis, maybe you need to pray the prayer of Hezekiah. 
Maybe you've been uh, trusting someone other than the Lord as your ultimate trust. Maybe you've been trusting an idol. And maybe right now where you are, if you're driving down the road, you need to pull over and you need to pray, okay, Lord, deliver us from whatever it is I'm wrestling with. Maybe you're at home listening and, and, and you just need to hit pause or, or maybe you need to turn the radio down and you need to say, okay, Lord, I need to pray the prayer of Hezekiah. I've been trusting in another person before trusting you. I've been trusting in an idol before you. Right now, Lord, our God, deliver me. So I'm wondering if right now you need to pray the prayer that Hezekiah prayed. Overwhelmed with the nation of Assyria breathing down his neck. Now, Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand. What do you need to be delivered from today? Is it an addiction? Is it an abusive relationship? Is it a broken family? Is it shame? Or maybe what you ultimately need deliverance from is your sin. You never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin. You've never made Jesus your Lord. Whatever it is that you need to be delivered from today, wherever you are right now, and I pray that the Holy Spirit is stirring in your heart, that you would stop whatever it is you're doing. You would put your ultimate trust in the Lord, that you would worship the Lord by running to Him, whether it be physically or metaphorically, and crying out to Him, Now, Lord, our God, deliver me. Deliver me. I put my trust in you. I worship you. You are my true hope. I pray you do that right now. And I pray that, that I, myself, continues to practice that. That, you know, if I had a chance to go back and talk to the younger me, I'd say, Paul, worship and trust the Lord. And when you mess up, confess and repent and run back to Him. Cry out to Him when you're overwhelmed, this prayer, and our Lord, our God, deliver me. And as you're listening today, I pray you do the same. Wherever you are, whatever it is you're experiencing, take the time right now to trust the Lord, to worship the Lord, and to cry out to Him, Now, Lord our God, deliver me. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Sharing Our Journey. If you'd like to join us for worship, we come together on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Harrodsburg Baptist Church, 312 South Main Street, Harrodsburg, Kentucky. For more information, follow us on social at HBC Harrodsburg or visit harrodsburgbaptist.org. As you go, we pray that you will share your journey toward Jesus with others. May the love of the Father, the grace of Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.